Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit to get my name up there i didn't i just it doesn't want to work for me i uh, see this is what happens my technical difficulty i can take it off the oat what are you taking off Ooh, we're live it's all sweaty. take it all off baby that's a great intro i love this man because i'm in it on no taking off things drinking music it does and this makes me want to be in a smoky fucking honky tonk with some sweaty fucking biker dude. Because <laughs> yeah. I've never been there before. <laughs> no. <laughs> I have never been around no sweaty biker. <laughs> you wouldn't know what to do. I'd know what to do. Catch your pussy. There's my pussy. And for those of you who are just listening to audio, I'm talking about my cat. God she is holding her. a cat in her hand. I'm holding zero fucks given. Because he's evil. Evil pussy. With a very cute collar. He, uh, he gives Grumpy Cat a run for his money. Because, you know, Grumpy <laughs> Cat looks pissed off. Zero fucks he given does. looks like he gives zero fucks at all. I mean, like, pissed off pussy. Absolutely. <laughs> so, hi, everyone. This is Dina, and this is, or Dina Ray, sorry. Dina Ray. And this is a badass pub, you know, kind of like drinking and talking books in a bar, except without the cheesy pickup lines. Woohoo! Because we're old and people don't hit on us anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. I get letters from prisoners. <laughs> 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 no, actually, I do. <laughs> I got a letter from somebody wanting me to give books to prisoners. Does that count? See, here's my letter from my prisoner. Although I have to say, he's a friend. Wow. We went to high school together. So um, I feel sorry for him because he's sitting there in jail because he drank and did not, and drove and did not sit his fucking drunk ass at home. Hey, Ty. 
big news this week. Okay, in case y'all are wondering, this is uh, April 30th of 2016 when we're recording this. And the big news is uh, Book Trope posted on their website. We're closed. As of the 31st of May, everyone's getting their rights back. Um, no warning. No nothing. Just happened. And we were originally going to talk about audiobooks when I asked Janet to be my guest. Um, because nothing like putting shit off to the last minute. <laughs> we'll wing it. And, um, but no, a, a lot of the stuff with Book Trope, it came out of the blue. No one had any idea this shit was going to happen. Yeah, that was a shocker. And there's, there's been some serious publishing stuff in. And Janet, you had some news from um, from a, a large imprint. Go ahead and tell me your news. And then we'll talk about book trope and all those issues. I saw a post from Tiffany Reese, uh, who writes for, well, she writes for a couple of different publishers. But um, she's with Harlequin. And she put out a note that Harlequin notified their authors that Harlequin Bra- uh, Blaze is going away. And um, Harlequin, Harlequin Blaze. Blaze is their um, erotic line, their hot and spicy well, line. That's, that's what I would think. Yeah. yeah. Um, Blaze, it's smoking. Smoking. Now, there was talk that they are going to come out with a line to replace it. Um, some type of a new line. Uh, there was talk about that at RT. Um, I did not go to that panel spotlight, so I don't know. Harlequin, with Harlequin, though, I think sweet romance and sex scenes behind the closed door. You know what I'm saying? I don't think Harlequin as a large imprint for Erotica and BDSM and yeah. For, for word porn, I just I just don't, and that could be a reason that they couldn't get over that fucking hump mental obstacle. Yep. Because, it, yeah, I mean, just to me, Harlequin is sweet romance. Mm-hmm. It's it's fade to black romance, and you shit it and see, and it didn't discuss. Yeah. So, you know, probably a lot of people are going, "How are you going to write erotica when you're not talking about?" Dicks and cocks and, and punanis. <laughs> how are you, you going to do that? Yep. So, but now that imprint is going away completely. Yes. Yes. It's gone. It's gone. Um, I don't know what the exact dates are. Let me see if I can find it for you. Okay. Yeah. Um, it said that um, it will be ending this year. She doesn't give a date. Um. There's still books that are coming out that are scheduled this fall, so I'm guessing maybe by the end of 20... Let's see. A discontinuing Blaze line in June 2017. So they're giving it through... So next year. They're yeah, actually closing next it out year. next year. Because they've got their things scheduled out that far, so they're not going to just drop them, but they're stopping any new submissions from this point on that aren't already pre-scheduled. So... And then there was also talk that their historical line is going to stop print runs and go digital only. So there's some big changes coming. 
Well, see, now, as far as going, this irritates me. This really does irritate me. Because a lot of the authors, and, you know, I, I got my start doing this for myself as an ebook formatter. And, yeah, um, I did the ebooks, and but I never thought that print was dead. I just didn't la- do layout for print. But it was never a matter that I thought print was dead. And you'll see a lot of people and they'll post, print is dead, print is dead. No, they're not. Because authors still have to get out there and take a physical product, at least one, to these book events. Mm-hmm. Because you still have to get some kind of interaction with the people aside from being online. Yep. And so I'm not one of those print is dead, long live the ebook. I'm not one of those. Um, because in a lot of ways, ebooks are still in their infancy and you still, especially Kindle, does not allow you to do everything that an ePub or an ebook could or can so until the um, until the devices can match the usefulness I don't think print's ever going to be dead that said I'm really disgusted that especially Harlequin's historical which is a huge imprint for as, print, as, as far as I know, yeah, I it's mean, it's a big one. Um, but for them to quit print and go mm-hmm. just solely to ebooks, I'm kind of disgusted with that. Yeah, that's going to happen. I found that it um, that HQ Historical and HQ Romance will cease U.S. print and go e only in mid 2017. So, but see now that's <laughs> just the U.S. Don't they have? Are they everywhere? Is U.S. the only print? No, have? no, I don't think so. No, I mean they're they're it's worldwide, kind of like books. Even they're contemporary as more um, European. I never really thought of Harlequin as an American imprint. Well, they've—I mean—they've got their own. I think their actual headquarters is in like Toronto or something, isn't it? They still use that extra U in their writing. You know, <laughs> yep, they're in. They're based out of Canada. Harlequin Enterprises. I mean, they've got imprints everywhere. I mean, Karina. Look at they've got their own digital. They're they're under the Harlequin umbrella. You've got Escape, which is Australian. They're it's Australia uh, Harlequin Australia. Um. So I mean, they've got worldwide presence. It's I mean, Harlequin is Harlequin. So, but. It's just, it just goes to show there's a lot of changes. I mean, publishing is, I don't want to call it unstable, but it's its changing rapidly. Um, massive area of flux. Right and now. it seems to be a, a lot more in the romance area than anything else, uh, because romance has really been shaken up by the self-pub and indie world. Um, that's where it's really taken the hardest hit, um, because... Uh, Romance readers are so voracious that they are constantly buying up the ebooks, um, and the self-publishers are putting them out, 
and it's really kind of, you know, rocking the boat in that area that they can't quite keep up and they don't really know. Uh, a lot of these, the top five that have the romance imprints weren't prepared for it. Um, so, like Sampain, I mean, they they went, they're closing up shop too, and that was announced uh, several months ago. Um, but just something that, like them, they've been around 10 years and were big in digital too. It's just it's kind of crazy how things are, are kind of unwinding right now. Well, and you know what, but romance reader, I mean, <coughs> excuse me, when I was reading before my daily paycheck came from publishing, when I had a chance that, you know, I had to go and work at a, five, a nine to five job during the day and I got to come home at night and put the kid on the tent and pick up my Kindle, you know, um, I was reading a book a night mm -hmm. and that was after working eight hours, I would come in, I would read for a couple hours, take a couple hour nap and then wake up, take my shower, read for a couple more hours. So I was able to, I mean, this is, we're talking seven books a week mm -hmm. and on, oh shit, on the weekend, I'm sorry. If I didn't have to get up and go to work, that's, I could read two books. And if they were Kindle or not Kindles, if they were Harlequins ones and they're little thin, you know, yeah. snack books is what <laughs> I call them. You know, we're talking, I was reading three and four of those on a day. So yeah, romance readers do have a voracious appetite. And and I, I, you know, we're finding books now that are so far out of the mainstream, what a, what's always been available, which were bodice rippers or contemporary, contemporary romance. You know, now you've got, um, you've got your historicals and you've got your contemporaries, but you've got BDSM, you've got erotica, you've got non-consensual, you've got Everything and you've got male on male, female on female, everything under the fucking sun. Taboo romance is big now. Wait a week, yep. it will be. You know, I mean, there's new shit being added in you know, stepbrother books. So, but I mean, you know, that's that's what I'm saying. You know, everyone's got to. Shit is always. It is such a fluid situation. Publishing is so fluid and mm -hmm. so many. Um, sub-genres and sub-sub-sub-sub-genres, you know? There's shit that's still in the fucking basement from, you know, that we haven't seen yet. Dinosaur porn. <laughs> I wouldn't even call that in the basement anymore. Thanks, Chuck Tingle. Skin from my body for dinosaur porn, because I just don't understand it. Well, you know, when it makes it to the Hugos, it's... <sighs> There's so much stuff that's done as a joke, and it's got to be a joke because who the fuck, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. He could, he could have, and we're talking about Chuck Tingle right now. Chuck Tingle could be putting on, you know, in terms of um, for publicity, putting on a completely illiterate hat for his his. Yeah, I don't know. It's a publicity stunt, and his writing could be excellent. I haven't ever taken the time because I'm so fucking disgusted by his covers and his titles. <laughs> I have not ever taken the time to jump in there and, you know, to read a sample that's available. 
to get their books out there in front of people. And then it's bad because more people than ever are able to get their shit out there. <laughs> so, you know? I mean, very much a double-edged sword, yes. Absolutely. It, it, it is a double-edged sword. So, but anyway, and then the big news, of course, it hit yesterday, kind of like um, getting your ass canned Friday, not, uh, Friday at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. You know, that that's kind of what the, the whole book trope closing seemed like because it was like 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Central Time, that they posted on their website and uh, on their Facebook page. They're still, as of yesterday, sorry, I haven't, I don't really give a flying fuck enough to go and look today, but there was no mention on Twitter from them that they were closing. But Booktrope has said, as of May 31st, all the rights are reverting back to the authors. Now, then, you're going to have to go through, <clears throat> from an author point of view, they're going to have to go through and work out some kind of an agreement with um, their editors, their cover designers. Um, I've seen their interior format, and to me, if you had your book formatted by Booktrope, I would find someone else or learn to do it yourself. Because that is the most boring fucking shit I've ever seen in my life. Every book is exactly the same. Absolutely no deviation from this cookie cutter. It, it's, I swear to God, it looks like they're following um, the Smashwords shit. First line is not indented. The first three words are bold and and all caps. I mean, it's just and okay. I get it on on the ebook. I get because then you have no fucking problem with it going with it being visible on all devices. Okay, so I, I do get that, and I will cut them slack for that. But there is absolutely no fucking defense to have a print book look like that, ever. A print book should have some kind of personality, even if you don't want to spend the time doing the right thing on your ebook. A print book should. There's there's no... no sorry, that's some ugly shit. Ugly, <laughs> ugly, ugly shit. Dina has spoken. Yeah, I have spoken because I'm very opinionated about this. Um, I personally, and, and this is my thing, and... <sighs> You know, I, I think a lot of it is because there's so many fucking books out there. You know, you need something to make your book stand out. Mm -hmm. And people are like, well, as a reader, I don't care. Well, no, as a reader, you probably don't care. But which book do you think you're going to fucking remember? One that's got really beautiful heading images for your chapters? Or one that's plain? Which is going to stick out when you're a romance, especially when you're a fucking romance reader and you're devouring ten books a fucking week. Which is going to stand out. Yeah, you're going to remember your plot, but you're also going to remember which one was aesthetically pleasing. And, and that's just, just like a cover, too. Yep. <laughs> you know, and 
who says, I like the plain Jane ones better, that's because you're fucking full of shit. I'm sorry. I look at them, even as a reader, I'm looking at it going, wait a second, you really gave a fuck about your fucking story to spend this much time and attention on your cover. So you're trying to hook people with your cover, but you don't give a shit about your interior? You don't give a shit about my reading experience? That's the same thing. If you don't give a shit to do your fucking interior layout right, then that means you just, you're putting all your fucking eggs in the basket of your cover and you don't give a shit about anything else. So then I kind of wonder where your editing is at. You know, I'm looking at it from a different point of view than the average person. So I don't know. But I do hate plain books. I'm just going to say that right now. So what's your point? What is your point? Because I haven't seen... I haven't seen... Because the books that I got from you were ARCs, and they they weren't actually published, I don't think. I don't know. Did I just trash your books? (laughs) I don't know. I haven't read them since they... They've been formatted. I li- I not read Let me look and see. Hold on, I'm going to look. All right, but I went through and I looked at like 10 random story, or 10 random books. Yeah, they're pretty plain. And print. Yeah, but you know what? There's pretty plain and there's boring plain. Hold on, let me come. I'm going to find one of your books. I got one of your books right here. Shut up. Kindle. Okay, let's see. Okay, first off, can I tell you what your problem is? You got your cover in there twice. I didn't do it. I'm telling you, I know my shit. Just I know. I, I thought that was funny, but okay. Can I tell you where you? I will tell you off air, but I don't know. I'm not. I'm gonna tell you right fucking now. And I know you have no. Fucking control over it because someone else does your interior. Yes. Chapter heading. Font. See? There's a difference. Mm-hmm. And then your first sentence of your first, par- the first line of your first paragraph of every first chapter, of every chapter is what I'm saying, should be flush left. Mm-hmm. And all the others should be indented. But your first one should be flush. And that goes back to when you do your um, drop cap so it looks uniform. But it, mm-hmm. it just. And that's the only problem that I've noticed. Let me, I'm pulling it up on here. And see, and, and I think that unless you do it for a living, unless you're in publishing, you don't know this. Mm-hmm. So you think well, I, every fucking first line is indented. No, every every line mm-hmm. in the interior of the body is. But your first paragraph at the start of a chapter is not. And anytime you have a scene change or a point of view change, mm-hmm. it's not. these people. That's another one of my pet peeves is 
people do who do indents and then plus the space after the paragraph. No, it's one or the other. It's not both. It's one or the other. Either you have no indent and there's a line between each paragraph, or you have the indent and there's no extra line in between your paragraphs. It's not that fucking difficult to remember. And it's just one of those things that, you know, it's my pet peeve. I pay attention to it. And it, it's something so stupid. But you know what? It really, it's the difference between giving a professional appearance and giving a, you know, garage appearance. Because I don't want to say. But you do do beautiful formatting. I saw the latest um, Christie um, book. And it was beautiful, magnificent, gorgeous. Christie's are easy, but, you know, I mean, just <clears throat> depending on what series that hers are. Um, We're talking about K.S. Haywood. Yeah. Christy yeah, Haywood, who writes, who's big on shifters and uh, werewolves and werepanthers. I don't know. Something else. So she, uh, she has some really good covers. Um but, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not meaning to, to rain on your bread because I know you have no fucking control over that. That's just one of my little pet peeves. I'm sorry. Yeah, when you're uh, traditionally published, it's out of your control, the formatting. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. That's okay. Don't cry. Fuck, don't make me drive over there. <laughs> Bitch. Oh, my God, you better not. <laughs> Bring me tacos if you're coming. My my point is, um, I don't know. I just think you need some. I mean, especially with the fucking massive amount of books. Right. I mean, like you said, you need it to stand out, and especially if you're doing it in self-publishing, that you have the option to do that to make yourself stand out and give yourself a leg up on the competition. Um, do everything you can to make yourself recognizable. That edge of discoverability means everything, especially in the crowded marketplace today. So if you're not doing everything you can, it's to your loss, not to your advantage. So Yeah, I, I think that's a lot of it. And, and you know, I'm not going to say that your formatting is going to make or break your book. It's not. Okay? But people will call you out on it. There because, are people who will leave reviews for bad formatting, so. Yeah, and they will report you, especially to Amazon. They will report you for bad formatting. But, yeah, and, and then a lot, of t- a lot too, is you, ha- which goes back to the whole Harlequin. You know, look, you have to have something tangible to take to book signings. And, you know, you have to be able to say, look what I got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, have as many and so many people are missing out on my empty bottle of tequila. <laughs> That's because you drink it all. Yes. Um. No, seriously. I mean, you're you're missing out if you're not tapping that market, and you're missing out if you are not publishing in every format that you possibly can. Ebook. You know, Moby, which is Amazon only, and then EPUB, which is everywhere else. And EPUBs 
a lot of the things that are possible in EPUB aren't possible in Mobi. So don't just say, I'm only formatting for Amazon, because then you're missing out on a whole segment that, yeah, you might not sell as many through all of these other retailers combined as you do through Amazon, but seriously, in one sale somewhere else, better than no sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, that's it, what I. It, that it, goes back to the discoverability too. You need to be, especially as a newer author, uh, as you're trying to gain a fan base. You want to be accessible everywhere because you don't know that you may end up getting more sales eventually on Kobo or or yeah, iTunes or know. whatever. And sell fucking buttloads in Canada. Maybe mm-hmm. you're polite. Who the fuck knows? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that just and and that's mm-hmm. just it. Don't fucking and why anyone would go Kindle exclusive anymore with all of these scammers and bullshit that has fucking flooded them, and you yeah. got scammers making thousands and tens of thousands a month and i just read an article on that yesterday authors aren't making enough to get a bikini wax yeah you're fucking you know sooner or later amazon has got to step up and stop taking advantage of indie authors and they've been doing it for fucking years and i've been saying i've been saying for three years that i can i am positive for three years. Stay the fuck away from Kindle Select. And everyone's like, oh, well, they're making money. No, they're not. They're not making money anymore as Kindle Select. Because since you, because you're always going to find the fucking scammers. They're going to game the system. And they're going to be fucking pocketing the cash and sharing their shit with other fucking criminals. While authors are playing by the rules and getting fucked without a kiss first. Mm-hmm. We, we're already having to fight Amazon removing our reviews from supposedly people we know and then to have the scams done with the Kindle Unlimited I mean it's just it's. I mean and, and it's always fucking something with Amazon mm-hmm. it is a never ending fucking clusterfuck and I've I had 400 fucking reviews wiped and there was maybe 10 of them that were for books. <clears throat> so what does that tell you? Now, they're, Amazon's assholes. And people aren't making the money like they would. I am a firm believer in draft to digital. Spread your fucking product out. And do not bank just on your fucking digital copies invest in getting a print mm-hmm. and even if you never sell a single one that's that's like me as ebook builders i do an ebook and i do a print edition package and i think it's like maybe 30 dollars more to have the print edition and there's a lot more fucking work involved in doing a print than there is doing an ebook from my point of view i'm just saying but You've always got it, and if you, say, four years from now, you're going to a signing, and you want to have at least five of every one of your fucking books, you've already got the PDF. All you got to do is print it. 
Mm -hmm. All you got to do is go through Lulu or CreateSpace or Lightning Source and print your five or ten to take with you. And they're always there as print on demand. <clears throat> but there's there's no reason not to have it. There's really yep. not. And, and if you don't have a print edition, you're fucking yourself. Honestly, I'm sorry. Yep. I agree. And, and the thing with Book Trope... <clears throat> They're boring motherfucking books. Boring, boring. <laughs> um, but anyway, with 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 their boring books, right? Um, you know, my understanding is originally you could the book trip authors could clean up or spiff up their digital editions, which that's great if you can do it. But then they stopped doing it. And, you know, you've got these people that they've never been published anywhere before. And in some cases, no knocks against book trope authors. Okay? That, that's not what this is. But in a lot of cases, they're not going to make it with a traditional publisher any other place. And that's just the nature of the game because Booktrope picked up a bunch of people that didn't fit into the big five, big three and a half, big one, <laughs> you know, umbrella. Mm -hmm. And and that's great because we need that diversity. So right. Not a it's for a variety of reasons. It's not, I mean, it could have been, you know, somebody wrote a dystopian book and, you know, all the, the big four or five says it's dead, you know, but there's still a readership. So, I mean, there's plenty of reasons why people would have went to book trope. So, it's not... <clears throat> Hitting it with one of the big yeah. four, big five, big one. That is so subjective to um, who the hell got laid the night before. Honestly, that's, that's what it comes down to because you can submit a book today and it can be passed on, submit the same book tomorrow after Homeboy gets laid, and he could pick it up. <laughs> There's just no right. telling. It um, depends on editor, who you sub to. I mean, like you said, the, the whole of publishing is subjective, so you just can't get around that. Yeah. You just can't. And so, so my issue isn't about book trope authors per se, but... In the real world, you know, I had someone say, who is going to pay to publish their book? Who the fuck is not? Because do you not think that you're paying in one way or another? You are. Even you traditionally know, published. Because half your royalties are going to the publisher. Going. The you're just not seeing it up front. You're getting on the back end. The yeah. only difference with doing it indie is you are paying up front. Yep. You own your book outright you share your shit with no one win lose or draw your book is on your merit okay and now my problem with book trope was i was not tying my fucking paycheck to someone else's ability to do their job and let's face it it's all going to come down to how well your book sells by how well your pr person is pushing that fucker mm -hmm. Because she's having, she or he is having to get it out in front of thousands and thousands of people to get one person to pick it up and read it. And then, out of those thousands, finding ten people that are going to fucking review it. 
then that's a hard fucking job. And I will be damned if, as an editor, I'm going to spend hundreds of hours to get this book cleaned up and my fucking, whether or not I can feed my kids is going to be based on Lulu doing her fucking job right. That's my, That was always my problem with book trope. I'm not tying my fucking ability to feed and clothe my family to someone else's job performance. Yeah, I was never really clear on how they worked to begin with. I didn't know much about them. You know, and, and I have no problem. Well, I came out and, and I said, and Beyond Death, which Tiffany, who was co-host last week, she she had came out and said, we both had decided anyone who is a book trope author, ebook builders, and Beyond Death would offer half off of our regular prices. So, and, and look, it's not taking us half the time to fucking edit or to format or to do a cover. You're still getting a regular package. You're just ha you're just getting half off because we understand you got to get your book back up there. You've got to still meet your publishing deadline and whatever. So we're doing a good thing and someone's like, who's going to pay to get there? That is just wrong. These people are taking advantage. Are you fucking retarded? And this guy's name was Duncan. Duncan, let me tell you, you're a fucking nitwit. Because I guarantee you, publishers are getting paid up front before you get paid. The only way that we're different is we're expecting you to pay us outright, and we ain't taking nothing from your bottom line. And you don't have to keep paying us. You pay us once. You pay an indie professional once. You don't continue paying them every month for two years or the length of your fucking publishing contract. Book trope author, you're left in the lurch because you have a short amount of time to get your book republishable. And that means you have to come to an agreement with your editor. And you have to come to an agreement with your cover designer and your proofer or whoever else your team members are. Now, granted, you're not having to come, I don't think, because you're your publicity person is not doing their job because book tropes closing. So I don't think you would have to come to an agreement with them. But if anyone else has something to say about this, I would appreciate knowing. Um, but you know, you have this and you've got a short amount of time to get it. Okay. To get it uploaded. So you don't lose your fucking review. As far as Amazon's concerned. Now, with the other retailers, I have no idea how you're going to go about doing that. But a lot of it is you don't want to lose your stuff on Goodreads. Because Goodreads is... When the fuck did Goodreads become your fucking savior? But I think in this, read, in this instance, Goodreads is going to be your savior. As, you know, your reviews are there and they're going to stay there even if your book completely changes. And because there's people like me that are good read authors that I can go and I can combine editions and, you know, put them all under the same umbrella. And so that's going to bring all your reviews and that shit together. But still, I mean, book trope. Woo! 
you know, coming up with, with how, how are these people going to come to an agreement with their editors? You know, they're supposed to get, an editor is supposed to get 0.07% or 0.7% of their royalties. So now they have to depend on the author being honest. So they have to come to an agreement with all of the people involved with their book in order to republish the book? As far as I know. Because what's the point in getting your rights back then? Because doesn't the rights revert back to the author and it's their book from that point back? Yeah, but they've got, there's something in the contract, and, and I haven't seen a contract, and I put the, the word out, if you're an author, I want to hear from your point of view, because I've seen some of the stuff from a professional's point of view. Okay, but I don't know if they're telling the professionals the same thing they're telling the authors, you know, there's, and because they're not being completely transparent across the board with everybody, sharing it with the public, there's no telling what the hell book trope is telling one that they're not telling the other. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, and you have to get the cover design because uh, why a, a lot of and the whole thing that I went to, I'm not tying my fucking paycheck to someone else's job performance. Right. And why these people, why these professionals did it, I do not understand. You know, I know they wanted these authors to succeed, but me wanting you to succeed does not mean that I can't feed my family. And that's what it's coming down to because a lot, especially yeah, I'm, I'm sorry for these authors for getting fucked over, but I'm really sorry for the professionals because who do you think was really getting fucked over all the way around? I mean, even at, you know, 0.07 cents a word, 0.03 cents a word, editors were getting fucked over every fucking day. And cover designers, when their normal cover costs two hundred fifty dollars, and and they're getting four dollars a month. How long do you think it's going to get to pay that shit off? Right. You know, and that's really sad. And I had people coming to me two years ago saying, "Dina, please, please be my book manager." Hell no. But yeah, the the whole book trope. I'm. I don't know. The way they handled shit and nothing, still nothing's been said. My fucking blog post about it is still ranking highest. It, when you go in and do, um, go to Google and type book trope closes. See what you come up with. Yeah, so I've seen your post. And see, this is strange because TechCrunch hasn't ran with it. None of the publishing bigwigs have ran with it. Nothing has been fucking said. You're not finding out anything. And, you know, for someone to say that, that myself and Beyond Deaf offering half price off of our, our fees is mercenary, that's really stupid. Yep. I, don't, I don't think I'm being mercenary. I'm still out half of my fucking fee. 
right? You're just trying to lend a hand to the authors that are in trouble. Yep. So that I can help these people meet their publishing date. You don't need me, then you don't need me. You go right on ahead. More power to you. Because I've got ebook builders, I've got beyond or badass book society, and I've got beyond deaf, and I've got Dean Ray. I got four fucking business interests that keep me busy. I was willing to put them on the back burner to help these people still meet their publishing dates. You, you got an issue, then you go ahead and you handle it on your own. Yep. That's right. That's right. Did so you want to touch on audiobooks? Um, okay, so audiobooks, which was supposed to be tonight's subject matter, before book trope shit the bed. <laughs> shit happened. Had an episode, yes. Yes, it did. And it got all over the place. <laughs> they had diarrhea all over the bed. <laughs> that is so wrong. <laughs> okay, sorry. So anyway, um, audiobooks, because another untapped market. There are so many, and a lot of it might be the turnaround, especially in indie publishing. You want to write the book, edit the book, format the book, flow the book, and publish the book. You don't take into account, there's a two-month window. Or longer. Minimum, you know, minimum that it takes to do ebook production, or not ebook, audio. audio book production. And so there's like seriously uh, six weeks where your journey, your publishing journey comes to a standstill if you're trying to publish all all formats at the same time, waiting for audio to catch up. So in a lot of ways, the the traditional publishing schedule is more conducive to doing an audio book and having all of your formats released at the same time. Right. Where it's planned out years in advance type of a thing for at least several months. But see, I am too hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. <laughs> That's what, what society's mean? come to, especially with I, I am too eBooks. I, I will publish my, my print and my ebook and then wait two months for my, my audio book. I will do it. I won't like it, but I will do it. That's mm -hmm. what I had to do. And, you know, you've got people that are waiting a year in between their print release and their audio release. Which, I don't know, because you know what? It goes back to it. If you, if your book is not filled with pop culture references, it doesn't matter when you're releasing it. You know, as long as you're not talking about Napster and MySpace, you can still <laughs> publish that Napster. shit. Napster, oh my gosh, I have not heard that term in years. I'm always primping. Primping, primping, <laughs> as opposed to pimping, pimping by Cat Williams. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I think that's a lot of it, is that you know, we're, we are so hog wild to immediate results from everything. But then, too, I think it can kind of work out good for you because you have your print and your ebook release. Woohoo! All kinds of media shit, right? 
even if it's shit that you've started yourself with tours and shit like that. And then three months later, you're knocking on to it with your audio release. Right. You're continuing the bandwagon. It's a good. Building up to it. So I think it really, it could. Lengthens be the hype. It mm-hmm. could be better to have them staggered. You know, hey, here's my ebook release. A month later, hey, here's my print release. Give me some fucking kudos. Hey, here's my audio book release. Give me some fucking kudos. Right. You know, so then you can take one event and transfer it into three. Of course, you're having to pay for three fucking events. <laughs> but but it's good. People, there are people that are specific to audiobooks that uh-huh. that's all they review. And, and Christy Haywood, she goes, I don't read anymore. It's all audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And I've had several know. fans come up to me and ask me for audiobooks, and I hadn't had any. I didn't even think about doing it because Evernight doesn't do audio. So I went out and did it on my own, and I'm working on getting Vexed. I'm right in the middle of, of Vexed's audio uh, getting that out. So you doing that from, from a business point of view? Did you have to buy your audio rights back? Or no, I, audio rights were never in my contract, so it was all up to me on my own. So I went through ACX, and I'm doing um, the audiobook through them. Are they going to let you use the same cover for your I have to design. I can't use any of the Evernight graphics that are already on my book, so I do have to come up with a new cover for the audiobook, but that's not such a big deal. Can um, you get the the cover designer that worked on that one to work on another one that's pretty much similar and pay out of pocket. Uh, she does. She's only exclusive to Evernight. So I can't use, she doesn't do any, do any commission work for Evernight authors outside of Evernight. So I would have to design it myself or find a new cover okay, designer. You do not design it yourself. <laughs> I am not graphically inclined. Um, I have a couple of graphic designers that I know. Of course, Laura Hidalgo, she does fantastic work. I've seen awesome her cover. She actually yes. does. She's, uh, she's Give in. that girl props. She's good. Yes, she is. She's awesome. Um, she's in our Facebook group. You'll, you're, if you're going to become a listener, you're going to hear a lot about the bitches. And we are the badass book bitches. It's a group of authors and book professionals on Facebook. We're very low profile. We don't go starting shit, and we're not clicky. We are all very supportive of each other, which that in turn turned into Badass Book Society, which is the paid site, which we all support each other. That was the idea, and we have people that aren't exactly playing by the rules, and they will be weeded out. Dina's waving the finger. I'm waving the finger. You will be weeded out if you do not do cross-promotion especially. You can get away with all kinds of shit, but if you're not sharing other people, we don't want you. Mm-hmm. Because that that that's the whole premise, is cross-promotion. Right. It's not drop it's your promo and it's run. Not, it's not all, I'm all for myself. It's, I'm here to help. That is, is my thing. That's the whole reason that I'm taking my time and using my resources because I ain't getting rich. We've already had this discussion. I ain't getting rich off of Badass Book Society. I'm going in the hole with Badass Book Society. But and that's what Dina does because Dina gives her shirt off her back and helps authors. You've done that since day one. so. And I've got the shirt off my back right now. Right. Because- <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm hot and I'm in a puzzle and I have booby sweat. Especially since I'm packed on the fucking weight. Thank you, Stabber, for fucking making it so that I can't work out for six months and then I just lost the fucking <laughs> <laughs> yes, For just, anybody who doesn't know, Dean was I attacked. Can't, I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's my claim to fame. Right. And authors need to understand that going in, that publishing is a rejection business from start to finish. You're going to get rejected by uh, agents. You're going to get rejected by publishing houses. Uh, once you do get an agent, you get rejected by the editors. Uh, once you do get a contract, you get rejected by the readers in your reviews. So if from start to finish, you're always going to have rejection. So if you don't have thick skin, you're, you don't go after the people who reject you. You keep yourself professional at all times. Suck it up because there's going to be asshole trolls out there no matter where you go and what process you're in. Um, you just have to deal with it. Um, but the more people that we can get away from doing the stupid stuff, the one-star drive-bys that are just trolls. And I don't, I don't want to be an author behaving badly. So I'm going to try really, 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 really fucking hard to never look at my reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a three-star review. I got knocked on it for point of view because I wrote it in first person. So uh, people will knock you for... Anything that they don't like. So, and but that's subjective. That's their choice. That's absolutely fine, and I have to be fine with that because right. But you, but you got a three. Stars I don't have to like it, but I'll be fine. And they said why they mm-hmm. gave you three stars. Exactly. Don't just say yeah, it was okay. No, it was okay. It was okay because the dialogue was good, but the writing was bad. It was okay because the writing was bad. Or the writing was good, but the dialogue sucked. Give me something. If you want to improve your reading experience, you need to improve your reviewing experience. Because mm-hmm. we will. I mean, those of us who read the reviews, I mean, we'll take that feedback back and, and try to learn from it. And, and, you know, with every book you write, you get better as an author, hopefully. You're honing Unless your craft. You you're trying to make this a career. You just don't care. Well, people buy it because it's crap, so they want that. That's what it. They, they want the crap. I they want the crap. But those who are serious and want this as a career, you know, they're they're going to want to improve themselves constantly, and that's what you're trying to do: hone your craft and and make it better, make the next book even better. And so, in in terms of your audiobook, sorry to jump around, people, but you know, shit happens. What do you think your time frame is? Six weeks? Eight weeks? Twelve Well, weeks? when I started it, we started the contract in November. Um, I gave her till February 1st um, because of the holidays and everything. So, But um, she ran into some technical difficulties on her end with recording issues and some family stuff came up. So we've been kind of pushing it back and pushing it back. And my books especially because I have... Um, it's about voodoo. It's about New Orleans. Um, there are some Creole phrases in the book, um, a lot of voodoo language. Um, so some of that stuff is taking longer because she's researching how to pronounce them, and we're going back and forth trying to get it perfect, um, that type of a thing. So it's taken a little bit longer. Our initial um, time frame hasn't quite worked out where it's it should have been. So, yeah, well, But I'd rather produce a better product. 
and let it go longer than it than it needs than to you know stick something out there shitty and have the readers come back and go this sucks <laughs> you know so before it's time yeah i agree with you i think that's a really good idea um and you're going through acx how did you find the setup process was it easy it was pretty easy yeah moderately difficult how was how hard was it to find a narrator to, to read this stuff um i had a couple of people audition uh once you put out your script Um, And you put your parameters of what you're looking for in the voice for your characters. Um, You put it out there for people to, for the narrators who are looking for projects to work on. And you'll get people that will take your script and send you an audition tape. And you basically listen to them. Um, I found my narrator. Um, She's wonderful. She really embodied what I thought Kenna sounded like in my head. So when I heard her voice, immediately Kenna came to life for me. It is so surreal hearing somebody else, especially somebody who nails the character voice, reading your words back to you. I can't even describe the experience. It's it's really, it's surreal. It just doesn't even cover it. Um, but, so I think it's going to be a really, really great product when it's done. Um, I have, I'm going to, I plan to do Eluding Illusions after that. Um, right now we're just focusing on Vexed, but um, yeah, when you find the right narrator, you know. I have a question, because you write in first person? Well, I write in both third and first. It depends on the book. Vexed is in first. Uh, Eluding Illusions is, is in third. And both okay. my naughty fairy tales are in first. Well, for mine, I'm most comfortable in third person on this Omnipotent. Omnipotent. Whatever mm-hmm. the fuck. Okay, so I'm in both people's heads. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm in everyone's head, and so I do a lot of head hopping. So I got to fix that, which is a lot of my bloody re- redoing shit. So I'm wondering, are you going to look for a voice? That is one person, or are you going to look for one person, one narrator that's going to be able to embody the whole storyline? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, right now, she's doing everybody's voice. She she lowers her voice for the for Luke's voice um, for the male hero. Um, she also she really nails my gay ghost AJ. It's really funny. Um, so I, she she's capable of of doing the inflections and embodying the char- the different characters she's got to talk for. Um, so she's been pretty good for that. Um, I know that there's people um, who hire more than one narrator to do the different parts, um, especially if it's done in dual point of view. Vexed happens to be single point of view. It's Kenna's point of view, but there's multiple characters that that are in the book. Right. Um, so I think you would probably, like in Eluding Illusions, I do both um, Emma's point of view and I also do Jake's. So I'm going to have to have a male and a female really do that, I think. Because, okay, look, in terms of audiobooks, Jim Dale is the fucking master. I don't give a shit who the fuck you are. Jim Dale absolutely fucking nailed it with Harry Potter and all of the books. I don't think anyone could ever fucking top his performance but um 
I don't know. I, I think that audio narration can actually fucking tank it. But I, I don't know if you need, I don't know, is, is it a thing? Where they're doing two or more horses. Oh, there's there's some. Yeah, Karen Marie Moaning's done it in, in her audiobooks, I believe. Um, she's had a female do Mac, and then she's had a, fe- a male come in and do Baron's voice. So um, it just depends upon what the story details, and and you know, I'll just have to play with it and see. I mean, if I can find a guy, because it's going to be really hard to, I think, in my mind. Of course, I don't know because I haven't had any, any audition for it yet, but because um, it's not out there. Um, having a guy read all my sex scenes, I think it's yeah. just going to be yeah. kind of weird. Because but I've got a couple for, for my book, and if you listen to last week's show, I'm never going to talk about my book, I'm never going to give the name of my book because I don't think it's fair because I have this show and I'm here every week. I don't think it's fair for me to mention my book's name. So, but anyway, I don't, I mean, I've got some stuff that's really, really tight, right? It hadn't been edited, but can I put that out there to start getting voice auditions? Or do I need something that's already been edited that, that's the actual story to get my voice auditions? I don't remember. It's been a while since, like, this was November when I put my books up there. If oh It has God, to be so long ago. Yeah, it yeah. was in the writer's world that I've had, you know. I don't need this. Um, I don't know if it has to be an actual published book uh, that they tie it to when you go through ACX because... It, it's done through Amazon, so I don't know, to be honest, if you can do it well, or not. I already have my my ISBN for my print, for my ebook, for my Mobi, and for my audio. I, I suppose have, I can go in and look it up for you and let me look and I, see. So, I mean, they're not going to coincide anyway, so I don't know. I, I should probably check into that, and I can give more information, and I will talk specifically about, you know, the whole book trope thing came up and how authors are getting fucked over in general mm-hmm. as if this is something new. Um, so I really didn't do too much research about audiobooks. Well, you and, can leave that for the next show. And so I'll, I'll do that next week. probably have talked longer than we intended anyway. Probably so. And I got to pee, you know, okay. how small my bladder is. So, the cat is tearing at my office. I love you. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure as always. And uh, I keep wanting to say your real name. And uh, Ren has (laughs) been has has been in the industry as a uh, agented author for what three three years now. Uh, well, no, I got my agent last year, so I've been with, I have had an agent for a year, um, and before that, um, I was, I was published through, um, Evernight Publishing. My first four books have been published through them. I went through them on my own, but. I thought you had the agent before you had Evernight. mm -mm. No, I got Margaret and I, I signed with Margaret in May of 2015 for my contemporary romance. Don't say her name. 
Why? Because we don't want her to get bombarded. We don't want her to get bombarded with unsolicited. <laughs> well, she she's an agent. She gets unsolicited manuscripts all the time. It's her job. Um, since then, you getting bombarded with unsolicited. Her information's shit. on my website. I mean, that's people that can find her. So yes, and I know I'm her agent too, but that didn't mean you can fucking harass me either. <laughs> so um yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining me in the pub. In the pub, yay. In Thanks for my pub. coffee in the pub. Next time, bitch, you will have to have alcoholic refreshments. Rum, I will. And big black dick rum. <laughs> I still have the pictures of it. Yep. Of the rum bottles, not the big black dicks. What was that wine that you brought to my birthday party? Uh, dearly below. Wait, I've got the bottle somewhere. Oh, I had the bottle somewhere. Uh, I think it was Dearly Beloved, but it the wine bottle had a skull on it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. So it was awesome. I still uh, remember that. Yeah, because I had a bottle. And Kim, Kim had a had bottle. bottle. Mm-hmm. And I made, uh, I, I stuffed lights down in them. And so, like, now one's my Christmas tree because. bug, <laughs> <laughs> right? So That's hilarious. The alcoholic. And then um, I did the one for her. But, uh, yeah, absolutely. So, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining me and talking trash with me. Ren. Was pleasure, Dina. Badass bitch. Yeah, yeah. So, um, as always, if you're listening and you want to take a look at authors as her as Ren Michaels. Michaels. Sorry, don't listen to me. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm irony man, bitches. Everybody knows my real name and full name. My pen I know, name. So right? It don't matter. Well, everyone knows Janet Ren or Ren Michaels. Ren Michaels, and you did that just because you didn't want your mother to read. <laughs> yeah, to read my naughty fairy tales. I came up with a pen name, and then I was in a contest, and I was like, "Oh well, I'm Iron Man, bitches. Guess what? I wrote a book, and my name is Bren Michaels." And so it just kind of came out from there. So everybody knows. My mom's like, "Don't worry, I'll never read it anyway." I'm like, "Okay, good." I know my aunt's like, "I want to read your book. Fuck off." Hell, <laughs> she's like, "Yeah." And my mom's oh. like, are you going to let me read it? Fuck you. Not happening. <laughs> well, I've been telling you for 30 years. You need me to write a book. Bitch, I don't care. That don't mean you're reading it. Right? So, that's just me. So, love my mother to death. But yes, I love your mother too. She's cool. I love you her. don't need to know what's going on in my hey, damn Rita. Because I damn sure don't need her looking and going, what the fuck do you do? <laughs> That's odd. I can see that look on her face too. I, mean, I, I told her. I said, "I miss my calling. I should have been nominatrix. I could be making four hundred dollars an hour." She goes, "Bitch, what the fuck are you waiting for?" <laughs> Your mom always the entrepreneur. So I, I have her permission to become a professional dominatrix. I think I could do it. Honestly, Damn I think well. I could be. I think I could be a professional dominatrix. <laughs> <laughs> No, you can't. Your tailbone's out of whack. My 
do like, yeah, but you know what? If I'm making four hundred dollars an hour, I can get a fucking chiropractor to pull that motherfucker right the fuck out. <laughs> Just saying. There you go. Goals. It's good to have goals, Dina. Right. So, but thank right. you very much. And, You're welcome. Talking trash with me, or, or as always. Me talk trash because you didn't talk to us trash because you try to be polite and nice to everybody. So, <laughs> I don't have that problem. <laughs> Everyone expects me to be a bitch on wheels anyway. We're yin and yang, you know. We got to balance each other out. Yeah, absolutely. So right. thank you very much, and uh, join us next week. Uh, I'm going to say Friday, but I'm not sure. Thanks, people. Good night. <laughs> Good night. Thank you, Janet. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.